This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with Cousins, Derek, and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Last week, we offered who we would like to see on the offensive depth chart. This week, we'll talk about who we, who we want to see on the defensive depth chart. But first, there's a couple of interesting storylines that came out of Lincoln recently. The first one is Darian Chase has entered the transfer portal. Uh, he trans- he's transferring for personal reasons to be closer to home in Washington. This is very interesting since Tyler and I had him pegged in the two deep at wide receiver last week when we did our offensive depth chart. So, Tyler, thoughts? Well, you know, I definitely think this is a big loss. Um, you know, Darian Chase was a guy I had pegged as a potential breakout player. Uh, but when, when you hear a little bit about the story, about why he's going home and everything he's been through, you do feel for the kid. But, you know, you do have to wonder a little bit on this. Uh, it, it just seems like over and over we keep losing out on kids. Good reasons, bad reasons, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, this was a kid that had a really big potential to contribute this year. And now he's not going to be there. Another another miss on the Frost roster. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think this kind of comes into, uh, you know, kids coming coming going so far away from home for their first year, and that homesickness comes into play. Uh, this kid he battled depression, which I I feel terrible for the kid. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, it's it's a loss. I mean, we're replacing one reception for 13 yards. He had potential. Uh, my depth chart still looks pretty decent, though. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, all right, well, let's. The, 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 well, the one thing I will say is we brought in a plethora of wide receivers in last year's class, and if there was a position that we could afford a guy a gra- uh, a transfer, this is definitely a position you could afford that because there are a lot of guys you know, that could take his spot. So, yeah, best luck, luck but uh, next news update, Justin. The only thing I would say, Tyler, is there's probably other guys on uh, in that wide receiver room that you'd rather see transfer than this guy, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. But yeah. Uh, One more storyline to get into. Uh, in the four years of this podcast, we're coming up on season five, uh, we've never talked about special teams analysts before. And this is a topic that we've been talking about for a little bit now. Sounds like Nebraska hired Jonathan Rutledge to be the special teams analyst after striking out on uh, on Sean Snyder. Derek, what do we know about this guy? Uh, tr- truthfully, not a lot. Uh, he was an assistant to the special teams coach or coordinator at Auburn for the last two years. Uh, did the same thing at Missouri for three years before that. Uh, he's been a graduate assistant at so I some pretty big schools like Ole Miss and a few others. I, I'm not going to go through it all, but uh, at, at the end of the day, it's probably a step above nothing, uh, which is what we had. So, Tyler, is there a wow factor here for you? Oh, not at all. I mean, I think this is a guy that's hard to find out, but I will say, you know, 
we we talked about who's going to be the special teams guy and and what we were going to do and I, I knew we'd figure it out and is this a guy that wowed <laughs> me no but it's an answer and i think going into spring ball we needed to at least have some idea of a plan and, and now we've got one we'll see what he can do we'll see what the coaching staff does but you know we we talked about well how do you not have someone now we got someone so We'll see yeah. how it goes. Very unproven, but we will see where this goes. Uh, the special teams was such a disaster last year. I was kind of hoping for somebody with a little bit more experience, but if you're not going uh, to. Again, again, I still think it's a step above what we had. Uh, say what you will. Jo- Joe Wonderway, I'm not trying to crap on the guy, but I don't know how much he really focused on special teams last year. Uh, I don't know that the rest of the coaches really spending much time on it either by the looks of the way they came out looking. Uh, if you can just get me a kicker, get me some damn touchbacks, our kickoff returns are, will get a little bit better. If we can get some kickoff returns and punt returns, which if you look at the stats at Auburn the last couple of years, they rank pretty high in those categories. The only problem is I don't know how much his hand's involved in that. Yeah, because Auburn did I, have a special teams coordinator, actually true. a coaching position. They they weren't relying on just an analyst, so that that is a little bit different there. But yeah, we'll give them a chance. We have to, but uh, hopefully it works out and our special teams really kick ass next year. All right, let's move on to the defensive depth chart. So again, last week we discussed who we wanted to see on the offensive depth chart. Now we're going to be doing the same thing with defense. Uh, we're going to be going too deep at e- each position. So Tyler, if you were in charge. What would your defense look like, starting with defensive line? We'll break out nose tackle and defensive ends. Go ahead. Well, so my first string uh, nose tackle is, bear with me, I'm turning the right page, uh, is going to be Damian Daniels. And then uh, defensive end, I got Ben Stilley and DeAndre Thomas. Okay. My my second string, are we going to do first string and then, okay. Derek, yeah, first sorry. string. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the format of this. Yeah, it's been a whole week. Uh, <laughs> Derek, what's your first string look like? Uh, mine actually looks exactly the same. Uh, these guys have the most experience on the defensive line. Uh, I, th- I think Damian Daniels do good filling in for his brother. Ben Stilley's always kind of been a little bit of a beast over there. And DeAndre Thomas is just the next most experienced guy. I think you got to go with the experience with him and keep him in. And he's done good things. I don't, don't get me wrong. He has done good things there, too. Yeah, mine looks just like your guys' with Damian Daniels, Ben Stilley, and DeAndre Thomas. And i got to say, Ben Stilley is our best returning defensive lineman in my eyes. I mean, he is the top-notch guy. The, the stats that he put up last year, he didn't start. He started two games last year. He put up numbers very similar to Carlos Davis. Uh, and he had like five quarterback hurries, which was more than the entire uh, starting defensive line. Uh, you know, I put up similar numbers as Carlos Davis, who got an invite to the combine, which is impressive. So, Well, it, 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 you say more than all the defensive line. It's more than all the defensive line combined. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, so so he was definitely in the backfield. Our friend of the podcast, Brandon Kavanaugh, had him on the bench, and I just, I'm shocked by that because I think if there was a guy to pencil in, he's the guy. I mean, I thought it, it would be to, unanimous, right across uh, the yeah, board, I everybody. Mean, now, Ben Stilley, uh, 
in my opinion, is in the conversation of top two or three best defenders next year. I agree uh, 100%. So shocking there, but yeah, looking for big things next year. All right, let's, uh, let's see how your second string, this is where it got really tough here. Let's go ahead with your second string at defensive line, Tyler. So, yeah, you're right. I, I think the main reason why this is difficult isn't because we don't have guys, is who is going to be the guy that is going to play nose tackle? Like, where does that look? Um, and I'm going to go Ty Robinson at uh, nose tackle. Um, he's my number two nose tackle. I, I think he is probably as good of a guy as any to make the transition there. Um, outside of that, I got Casey Rogers and Jakeem Green rounding out my uh, second string. Okay. Derek, how does your defensive line look, second string? Surprising. Not not as much different as Tyler as I thought. I have Ty Robinson on the end, though. I think he's too fast to be on, on in the middle there. Uh, I, I have Keen Green playing nose, nose guard. I, I, I struggled to put him. I, w- I almost wanted to put him in the starting group. I just, Damian Daniels had a little more experience. So I think, I think you'll see a lot of both of these guys. I think it's going to be a, uh, or probably with all six of these guys. And then I got Casey Rogers on the other side. I wanted to put Nush Hatmaker in there, which I think will get a lot of playing time too. But, I went with the guy who's been here for a little longer than the guy who's been here for a spring. All right, so for my second string on defensive line, now this is tough because there's not a lot of experience there. There's uh, not stats there. But, Derek, I agree with you. I have Keem Green as my nose tackle uh, in there. He's just a big-bodied guy. He's the type of guy on the roster that can fill that mold, right? Uh, at defensive end, I have Ty Robinson just like you guys, and I went a little different route for my other defensive end. I went Tate Wilderman. T- Tate Wilderman. Uh, Casey Rogers was another guy that I considered, uh, but I just went with Tate. There's been a lot of talk about Tate uh, in camps, just like there's every other player, I suppose. But uh, I will, and that's not a bad take. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tate Wilderman get in there. Yeah. Yeah, huge. He, he was a huge prospect. I think he's a guy that could definitely make the mix. Um, I did. I do want to throw out though. A guy, the guy that was really close to me is Jordan Riley. Yeah. And, and the reason why Jordan Riley was close is because that's he played nose tackle at JUCO. And and when you talk about this position, Derek, you had Ty Robinson on the outside. I mean, to me, honestly, that's a distinct possibility. I I, I don't know. I, I'm big on Casey Rogers. I think Casey Rogers is probably my fourth best defensive lineman. Um, Ty Robinson is probably 4B. Jakeem Green was the guy that was replaceable. And there was, I mean, Mosiah Newsom is another name I think people need to look out for. Would not be shocked if he got there. I already kind of talked about Jordan Riley and what he could well, do. I, but um, don't, don't, don't forget, though, that Keem Green was a four-star coming out of Juco, which is not, I mean, it's not that easy to do. So I mean he, he's he's a high recruit and they talked big about him last year. They just wanted to use a red shirt on him. Uh, I, I but Messiah Newsom, that's the guy. I just want to point Messiah Newsom. Of all the guys I did not put in there, he he might be the guy that I'm closest to. If you've been following any of the workout things on Instagram and Twitter, I, I feel like I've seen as much Messiah Newsom as anyone else. I, I I'm pretty psyched about. You know the the weight room pictures that you might you know the potential what he could bring this fall. 
One thing about defensive line is we have a lot of them on the roster. We could have easily played this game three deep if we wanted to. I mean, there's just that many bodies there. Uh, I kind of favored the older guys just because of the, you know, getting into the weight room, getting the size necessary to build in there. But, uh, yeah, it's this is a position that it's unproven, a lot of unproven, inexperienced guys. But I think it has like a high ceiling, actually. You know, do you guys agree? Oh, absolutely. And and let me just say, I I know Nush Hutmacher is not here yet. He's still not enrolled. He'll be here probably in June. Uh, but the, the the upside with him is I don't know if you guys have seen any of his film and wrestling, but that kid is a phenomenal wrestler. And that and like it or not, that's what Iowa does. They go get wrestlers for that for their offensive and defensive lines, yeah. guys who can push other guys around. And this guy fits that mold. And if that's what Nebraska is going to start doing, I'm all for it because Iowa's offensive line and defensive line kicked our ass the last few years. Sure. Well, and, and you talked about upside. And last year I was infamous for saying at one point I thought we had the best defensive line in the Big Ten. And I definitely am not going to make that mistake again. I, I, I don't think this defensive line is going to be better than last year. Um, but could it be as could it be comparable? And as we move down some of these other positions, I think if, if we could have as a comparable defensive line where all starters made the NFL combine, chances are at least one of them will be drafted. I mean, that, that was a very talented group. Um, if, if we could be close to that, I, I think we're in a good spot. Right. All right, well, let's move on to outside linebacker. Tyler, what are your top two, or who who is your starting offensive? Or oh, Jesus. Who are your, yeah, I got you. I, I understand yeah. the question. They, they, Thank you. There you go. Um, you know, this, this was tough, and I think we're going to find out there's three guys in the mix here. Um, I, but I'm going to go uh, Garrett Nelson. I think he is going to be a starter. The guy came out late last year. I think he is early favorite for Husker, uh, you know, favorite defensive player. And my other one is Jojo Doman. I think the the coaches are going to commit this year to keep him inside an outside backer, kind of a contrary statement, but I think he's going to, he's not going to go out to corner. He's not going to go out the nickel. He's going to play outside backer this year. And I think he, he is going to be the starter there. All right, Derek, who do you have at outside linebacker? Uh, I, I do agree with you on Jojo Doman. I think they're going to kind of leave him alone out there at outside backer. Uh, he may come in for a nickel package once or twice, but I, I don't think you'll see him do that as often as he did last year. But I'm sticking with Caleb Tanner for now. I love Garrett Nelson, and I think he'll get a lot of playing time, and I think he'll you'll, he'll probably get just as much playing time as Caleb Tanner and Jojo Doman in there. But I, I like Caleb Tanner to be the starter. Okay, I have Jojo Doman as well, but I will say about Jojo Doman, it's like uh, he didn't take a big step forward last year. He almost like took a step back, but he needs to get back to his old self. And now there's some injuries there uh, that may have hampered him a little bit, but uh, we we didn't see that motor that he had before, you know. So hopefully he gets that back. Speaking of motor, uh, Garrett Nelson, dude, that dude, he's got a motor from hell. Once he learns the defense, he's going to be a beast at outside linebacker. And so I'm that's who I hope we see at outside linebacker for start uh, starting. Go into the second string. Tyler, who do you have? Caleb Tanner. 
Um, I think he is undoubtedly going to play a lot. And I think the other spot is the one of the most intriguing smart spots. I went with Jeremiah Butler. Uh, Jeremiah Butler, little known fact about him, last year was his first full year playing football. Okay, In his first year of football, he finished with 60 tackles, 22 of which were for loss, 14 and a half sacks, and 21 quarterback hurries. He played a little bit of defensive end last year. I think he's got a motor that will not quit. You know, he, he's tall. He's good. Um, I, I got to mention out a couple other freshmen, which I'm not going to name at this point, but um, I, I like what I see from Jeremiah Butler taking that in their spot. Derek, who do you have on second string? Uh, I have Garrett Nelson, who I obviously think is going to play a lot, which I just said. Uh I'm going to go with David Alston. I think I think he can come in and start playing some finally. Uh, he's redshirted. He's going to be a sophomore this year. He's been in this defense for a little bit longer. I he was a high recruit. I think he could finally come in and maybe start doing something. Okay, I have Caleb Tanner in my second string, and just because there's none of these other guys have any experience, I went ahead and went with the JC guy of Nico Cooper. I think that's a guy that could is probably best suited to come in and play at this point. Uh, but this was this was tough right here, guys. Out of this recruiting class, a guy I think plays the most is going to be Blaze Gunnarsson. Yeah. So, do, do you think he is going to be an outside backer? Because that's a name that I thought of too. Um, you know, I, everything I, everything I've seen has him listed as an outside backer. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I and again, he might be. And Blaine Gunnerson is definitely a guy um, that that could be the guy um, that could do it. Nico Cooper is another one. I, I again, I think there's a, some good players coming in there. Um, Keyshawn Green, which we might get to, even though he might be a middle backer, he's another name that I wouldn't be shocked if he played outside backer. Yeah, I think there's a lot of talent, but this is a position group after the top three. I mean, God, if an injury happens, that that is going to be a concerning position group if that happens. Absolutely. A lot of uncertainty. If you look at the top three, the starters, the people that play the most, I think this is our strongest position on the defense. Really? Yeah. I, I am... I don't I, think I'd go there. But. Uh, I, I think I think Caleb Tanner's a good player. I think JoJo's in for a big senior season, and I love Garrett Nelson. I, I think this is our. If you look at just the starters, probably the strongest position we have. I mean, I, I don't want to uh, shit on any of those guys, but do you see any of those three as like all conference type players? Maybe just on first team, probably on the outside. I think last year the biggest problem with this position group was coaching. They were out of position a lot. I mean, JoJo Doman has been kind of a highlight reel, but his problem is consistency. Garrett yeah. Nelson, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. And, and, and I think you got a coach that I think quite highly of in Dawson coming back. I, I think he's going to get these guys in the right position. And, and again, no one's questioning the talent of these players. No, no. one's questioning what they've done. It's been they get trapped inside. They they're undisciplined. A new coach could be what this position group needed. Yeah, 
I will agree with you there. I mean, they they seems like they do need the right coach. And Dawson coming back, he coached it. The Giants outside linebackers with the Giants. So I mean, he knows his he knows his stuff. Uh, all right, let's move to inside linebacker, Tyler. Okay. So just you get so, your beer. Go ahead. I got to grab my beer. Sorry. Uh, so this might be the weakest position group for me for starters. And, and I'm going to go with the two guys that played in Will Honus and Colin Miller. Will Honus uh, was second in the team in tackles last year. I, I get I wouldn't be shocked to see one of these guys get taken away their starting spot. But I'm going to go with those two as my starters. Colin Miller and Will Honus? Yes. Okay. Did I say it backwards? No, just just oh, making sure. Okay. I was like, did I say Colin Honus and Will Miller or something? <laughs> <laughs> Willie Miller, I remember him. Hey, all right, Derek, you're starting inside linebacker. I, I, I tend to disagree with you, Tyler. I think this is a strong suit here, and maybe not just in the starters, but I think this is the first year we might actually see six different middle linebackers, inside linebackers, get a chance to play. And I think this is the first chance that Barrett Rude's going to have what he wants to have play, who, 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 what, and where. Uh, but as far as starters went, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the experience and go with Will Honus and Colin Miller as well. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm all, I'm in agreement with you guys on Colin Miller. I have him pegged as starter, but I have a Tuvamaga Clements coming in and starting at inside linebacker. Uh, Will Honus, man, I'm not sure about that guy. I, I'm not sold that he's the best option there at inside linebacker. I've seen Atuva Maga Clements. His film, he's quick, he's fast. I mean, he can do a lot of things that I don't think Will Honus can do right now. Uh, so those are my two. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this. If I, I, I have uh, Atuva Maga Clements playing a lot too, but I would probably have him replacing Colin Miller before Will Honus myself. I thought Colin Miller had a better year than Will Honus last year. He was more I consistent. Will Honus was more consistent. I, th- I honestly thought Will Honus was more consistent. Really? Tyler, yeah. what about you? Who do, who's more consistent? Colin Miller I'm gonna, or I'm going to go with Honus. Will Honus. I, I, I think Colin Miller oh god, that's a good question. So I think Colin Miller later in the year probably played better football towards the, the finish. I think Will Honus, if you look at the whole season, I think he was definitely probably a, a slight edge. Really? Okay. Well, I am in the minority there. Uh, Tyler, give us your second string for inside linebacker. So I'm going to go um, one of them. Uh, I You guys know I suck at names, but uh, Ativa uh, Clements. I'm gonna butcher go. that. That's fine. But 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 here's my concern on him. Before I go any further, I the guy played in JUCO outside backer. Is he really going to be able to take that step in the inside backer? I again, he's a guy that I could see going outside when he gets here. And then I'm gonna go with Garrett Snodergrass as my other one. He was scout team defensive player of the year. But I, I again, the depth at this position, while unproven, is deep. So I will be shocked if we agree on this. Derek, who's your second string at inside linebacker? Well, obviously, Ativa Mauga Clements is my number one guy to, to, to be playing a lot. And I do. I, if he was to replace one of those two guys, it wouldn't surprise me any. I, I'm with you, Justin. The guy I've seen his highlights, the guy is fast. He tackles well. Uh, he's a good player. I think he'll get a lot of playing time. And I have Nick Henrik playing. I think a healthy Nick Henrik can beat out a Snodgrass. 
I, I do think Keyshawn Green and Jackson Hanna will get some playing time as well. Okay. I had Will Honus as second string. Uh, and then I penciled in. I couldn't decide between Jackson Hanna and Nick Henrich, so I put them either or <laughs> there at that other position. That, that was a tough position. It, there's tough. a lot of talent there. there. It's all unproven talent, but there's a lot of talent in that position group. There's a lot of and, hope. And what about and, and there's Rymers. Uh, you know, he, yeah, Luke a, Rymers. Yeah. Luke Rymers. Don't, well, it, and Keyshawn Green. I mean, if he stays an inside backer, that guy, I, it's a very I, good possibility I, he burns a red shirt. I know we'll get in that later. I know. But. I'm not going to bury that lead. But, no, I, I honestly, I, I had written down that there were, I mean, because, again, I think a lot of these guys could play either or. And I think that's going to be, you hope we have the right coaches in place because some of these guys can translate a lot of different ways. And, I don't love players that bounce around positions and try different ones. I like guys that play and get good at a craft. And, and it's really going to be for these coaches to determine that early and get them in the right lanes. Because, again, Clements, I have no doubt, is going to play this year. I just don't know if it's going to be inside-outside. Keyshawn Green could be another guy I think going to play. Snodgrass. I mean, Jackson Hanna, could he play outside backer? I mean, there, there are guys that could play a lot of different positions on this defense right now. Tyler, it's Snodgrass, not Snoddergrass. I know you suck at names, but man, respect the name, man. <laughs> I'm going to count and damn it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to cornerback. Tyler, who do you have for first string cornerback? I- I'm going to go with the Caprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Brett. Um,. You know, I, I without getting the safety, I think DiCaprio Boodle probably played better at safety, but I think his need at corner is better. Um, I'm gonna leave my other thoughts there and let Derek go. Go ahead. Derek. I have Cam Taylor Britt, and I have Braxton Clark. There I thought is. he impressed me. I thought he impressed me when he was on the field. I thought he looked good in the games, and I think he's better than DiCaprio Boodle, and I think he overtakes his spot. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with Derek here. I have Cam Taylor and Braxton Clark. Uh, I went ahead and I just moved DiCaprio Boodle to safety. I'm not playing. If I'm in charge, I'm not putting him back at cornerback. I am leaving him at safety. He seemed to have excelled. Uh, or play, he played better at safety than he did cornerback to me. So I'm not I'm not putting him back there. I, I, I can't disagree, Justin. I think he did look better at safety than corner. But Derek, your hate on DiCaprio Boodle is like Justin's hate on Lamar Jackson. Like, do you remember this time last year? Justin hated Lamar Jackson. That was two I years think, ago. I didn't hate no, him his no, senior year. I didn't hate him his senior year. Bullshit. Bullshit, Derek. Nah, I had to play the tape, but I am pretty sure you were pretty hard on him still. It is, in spring. It is, oh, spring? Okay, yeah, in spring, yeah. Yes. This time last year, you were like, Lamar Jackson, the guy's a bum. I mean, you were so hard on him, and that's Derek on DiCaprio Boodle. DiCaprio Boodle, besides Ben Stilley, could be my next defensive player of the year. <laughs> wow. Don't see it. Don't see it. I, I, get, I think he looked good at safety. Again, I think he's athletic. He had a really nice sophomore campaign. Last year, he did struggle in at corner, but I, I, I think that he can overcome some of that. I think the guy's got the talent. He's entering his senior season. 
But outside of struggling at corner, he could be our second best player. Jesus, what does that say about our defense, Tyler? What are you saying about our defense? I'm saying we're going to have a may I'm going to say average <laughs> defense, but no, I, again, I I, I do I I liked it. I did like the Cabrillo Boodle skill sets. I think he played better late in the year. I I think safety is a big reason why he played better, but I think he picked up the intensity. It's hard to say would he have translated the same skill set to corner late in the year because he wasn't playing there. All right, let's bring it back to cornerback and get to second string. Tyler. I got Braxton Clark. Derek said it. I was impressed with what he did. Um, Justin, you have him there too. And I'm going to go with Noah Pola Gates. Now, Noah Pola Gates is a guy that could translate to safety or corner. Um, I still think he's probably a better cornerback. So I'm going to go with him as my other one. Derek. Uh, I, I'm going to leave him where the staff has him listed at safety. Uh, but I went with Jaden Francois, new freshman coming in. He's an early enrollee. I think he can come in and make a big, big, big step forward. And I went with Quentin Newsom. Yeah, good. Who pick. is another guy they've talked big about. I think he could come in and do some things. Yeah, good pick there. Derek, I had Quentin Newsom also at backup quarter, cornerback. Uh, I really considered Jaden Francois as well. But I went with somebody that's been in the program for a year, and Javen Wright. I think he's got the. That's not a terrible pick yeah. either. Uh, I I just went with him. I know we don't have. There's not a lot of tape on him out there, but I, the staff seems to like him, and he's got a good pedigree. You know, it's in his blood, man. He can play some defense. So, uh, let's finish it up with safety. First string safety, Tyler. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Dismuke and Williams. I mean, those were supposed to be the starters this year. You know, I, I really don't have much to add. I think those guys are going to both start at safety. All right. Derek? I, I agree. Uh, I think having Deontay Williams, or yeah, Deontay Williams, I think having him back and healthy will be big for this uh, team, especially his leadership. And he's, he was, I think he was good. He just got hurt early in the season and kind of screwed the defense a little bit. So I think having him back healthy will make a big difference. And Markel Dismuke, I think it's hard to take him out. He's uh he he's a, he's a solid tackler. He he doesn't do a lot of things great, but he does everything okay. Yeah. Uh those are two solid picks there. Deontay Williams, of course, you know, it's a shame that you know, he he got uh knocked out earlier in the year. And uh Markel Dismuke, man. He had a pretty good year last year. It wasn't stellar, but he made a lot of improvement. You're seeing some progression with that guy. And so hopefully he ends his senior year out on a bang. Second string safety, Tyler. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Jaden Francois. You know, this is a guy that could play corner. He could play safety. He could play either one. Him and and Noah Polo Gates could transfer um, roles for sure. But I'm going to go with him at safety. And my other one, I'm going to go Eli Sullivan. Um, the guy did nice. pretty well in special teams. I know he's a walk-on. I know we've got talent coming in that corner. But I, I get I was impressed with him. He's entering a senior campaign. I, I, I like him rounding out my two deep. Derek? Uh, I went with Noel Pullett Gates because that's where the staff has him listed. Who I'm has just going to go. I'm it's on the depth chart. It's not on the depth chart. It's on the roster. That's where they have him listed on the, on the roster. That's what the Lincoln Journal star. That's what the media. I haven't seen the coaches say he's a safety. That's a, 
Hey, that's according to HuskerMax.com. Hey, okay? check it out. In the end, this exercise is if you were in charge, how would yeah, you okay. put these guys? Okay. So, Tyler, you can put uh, these guys wherever you want. If you want to put Noah, Noah Pola Gates on the defensive line, you can do that. <laughs> Think of that pass rushing at, ability. At, yeah. <laughs> at any at any rate, I'm leaving him at safety. I think he's a. I think he'll be a strong safety. I went with Eli Sullivan, or I think Henry Gray can come in and make a big difference. Good, nice. Uh, I have DiCaprio Boodle at safety again. I'm I'm moving him to where his strong suit is. It's not cornerback; it's safety. So he's my backup safety. And then I went ahead and I threw in uh, Noah Pola Gates there uh, at safety. I, I I think that guy has some talent. I think his last season was kind of overshadowed by a. Uh, by a certain personal foul penalty for 15 yards, but uh, well, that's the, the only memorable thing about last year. Ex- yeah, exactly right. No, no, I want to circle around. So we all have the same starters at safety. Yes. How do you guys feel about that safety? Because again, I I feel good about that. I feel good about the secondary in general, but like, do you, I think this secondary could really take a huge step forward this year. Like I, I really do. I, I think I think this secondary could be really, you know, last year where I said the defensive line was the best part of this team. I think as a whole collective unit, I think the secondary is probably the strength of this team. I disagree, and I'm going to say it this way. So as I was putting together my starters at cornerback and safety, uh, starting with cornerback Cam Taylor, we know what we're getting with Cam Taylor. He plays some um, solid football. Braxton Clark. He was used lim- uh, limited late in the year. He seemed like he was serviceable, but I don't know how great he was. I'm I'm really counting on a big step forward from him. But behind him at quarterback, there's not a lot of experience. There's no experience. Then you move to safety. But isn't that what we're saying about everything yeah, on defense? Exactly. We're we're not that deep but at defense. That's that's why I don't feel any different about the secondary. I don't feel any stronger about any position than than the next, due to the fact that you get to the second string. There's no experience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, shoot. If if we recap here and we look about uh, where, if we look at our second string on this defensive depth chart, which parts have uh, experience. I'm looking at my roster right now, and I think I have. Well, I have outside linebacker with K- Caleb Tanner sitting back there. I mean, but you're right. There's not. There's no experience outside of the starters. That's what makes this really challenging. So, does that make you guys really kind of suspect for the uh, coming year on defense? I mean, are you dreading it a little bit? The, the one thing I'll say is we got to step up when we get DiCaprio Boodle out of there. <laughs> I, I think DiCaprio Look, Boodle's in for a okay. big year, but but no, but no way. Get off his jock. That guy sucks. <laughs> he can't tackle. The guy had thirty-one tackles last year, which ranked eleventh on the team. He had a chance to probably be the leading tackler, but he missed the other sixty tackles he had a chance to get. <laughs> his pass breakups went from fifteen to six. And can you tell me how many interceptions that guy has in the 36 games he's played? Is it more than zero? No, it is zero. 
The guy sucks. He's a .83 ranked recruit. He wasn't highly recruited. He wasn't good when he was in. He had one good year where he happened to have a chance to break up some passes. And the only reason they got those was because the referees got tired of calling pass interference on him every damn play. <laughs> so okay, at the at the end of the guy, at the end of the day, he's just not there. I I don't see him being a, near the athlete that of what we have on this team. And I think there's better. And I think I, I'm going to start playing the better guys. I'm not going to put this guy out just because he's played for three years if he can't get his job done. I mean, if you look at pure speed, there's probably not many players on this defense that are going to be faster than him. Um, Again, I think that you you could talk about those lack of interceptions, which is obviously noted. I I don't think he was as bad as you make him out to be, Derek. Uh, Obviously, last year was not the performance. I think the problem with DiCaprio Boodle is what you expected of him last year. I think it's all about expectations with him and the fact that he did not live up to him. Because after his sophomore campaign, everyone thought he was going to take this step forward and be an All-American type candidate. He wasn't there. But to answer Justin's question about this defense, how do I feel about the lack of depth? This is where it's kind of a little bit of blind faith. Because you're right, there isn't a lot of returning I mean, there, there's no guy on this roster that you're sitting there. there he, there's no one on the defense that's going to make preseason All-American, except maybe Cam Taylor-Britt. And not All-American, All-Conference. But I was going to say, Cam yeah. Taylor <laughs> Britt, Cam Taylor-Britt's probably the only one that can make a preseason All-Conference roster. Uh, but I like the, the depth. And I'll just point to secondary. You know, we went through this, and I went through this exercise. There was a lot of guys I thought about putting in there. And... and same thing with linebacker, and and maybe that's an answer. If you don't have a good answer, you have no answer. But I think of the opposite. I think there's a lot of guys that are stepping up on this defense. I would not be shocked to see an improved defense this year. Okay, Derek, agree or disagree? I right now, with as much as we're replacing, I expect to see an equal defense. Like I, like I would like to see an improvement. But if we, I think if we can at least rank in statistically where we ranked on a lot of most of the categories last year, I think it'll be okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of improvement with a lack of depth, though. I like I think these, some of these guys just can need some experience. But but you talk about lack of depth, Derek, and, and I'm going to hold you to a different answer, better or worse. But I, I want to point this out about depth. Like, how much depth did we really see last year on this defense? Like, defensive line, we rotated. Inside backer, we played three guys. Outside backer, we played four guys. And Alex Davis shouldn't have been playing. I mean, secondary, we really didn't rotate. I mean, if you talk about meaningful snaps on defense, you're probably talking at the end of the day of 15 guys playing. This year, we could see 24 to 27 guys playing. I think the problem is... I, I don't know if we're going to see anyone that separate. Make it better. Where do you, so think, you think the separation is going to come from? Like, what do you mean separation? Well, I mean, you know, for like, uh, if you're playing so many of those guys, somebody has to separate to step up, right? Or are you just thinking that they're all going to be equal footing and they're all equally good? I, I mean, I don't know if I think they're all equally good, but I think what you're going to see is. Last year, I'll give you an example. Jojo Doman. Jojo Doman, 
He had to play nickelback. He had to play some safety. He played outside backer. He had to move around wherever he was needed because he was there. And, and, and I worry that really hurt his like technique and his positioning. And, and that's just one example. Cam Taylor Britt's another one. I think that you're going to have guys that you could say, yeah, if we get a safety injured this year or corner injured this year, we don't need JoJo to go play there. He, he could focus in because I think the depth behind it is better. Again, if, if it's a matter of guys that never get hurt, if we're living in an idealistic world, that that's fine. Maybe our starters aren't top tier, but I think our depth is is really impressive what we have building on this defense. I, I think that we can afford a couple guys getting hurt. There, there's not one guy getting hurt on this defense that's going to make me all of a sudden drop the defensive rankings. I'll put it that way. I mean, is there... I, I, again, that's all off hope, though. I mean... Uh, you look. I, I will say this about it: our guys that are that I have backing up, some of them are higher rated recruits. A lot of them are higher rated recruits than the guys I have starting, but I have them starting because of the experience. So, so the potential I think is there, but again, potential doesn't necessarily fill gaps until they get that experience and actually start doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Garrett Nelson was a prime example of that last year. Like, the kid's exciting. I get it. He's fun to watch. But until he can learn to be in the right position, at mo- at least 80% of the time, he's going to hinder the defense. And, Tyler, I don't agree with what you're saying. If there's if you take somebody out of one of these positions, like uh, if they're gone, that it's easy to fill them up, back it up. Like defensive line, if Ben Stilley is not on defensive line, I mean, I don't know. There's not a proven guy that can replace Ben Stilley on the defensive line. Outside linebacker, if you take JoJo Doman out of the picture, there's no proven guy that you can see stepping in to starter. Uh, inside linebacker, well, I, Colin Miller or Will Honus, you guys have both of those guys in there. If you take one of those guys out, there's no proven guy that can step Step up. It's all about hope. And we can keep on going. We can talk about quarterback Cam Taylor. If you take him out, there's no proven guy that can step up to start at cornerback and safety as well. Deontay Williams and Dismook. I mean, there's that's that's where we are. That's what we're talking about. Depth. Sure, there's a and, lot and of it, fancy names with a little bit of fancy stars behind them and untapped uh potential. But we haven't I, I seen will, it. I, I, so I, I will disagree with you a little bit on the outside backer, just because if we lose Caleb Tanner or JoJo Doman, who I have starting, I think Garrett Nelson can come in and fill in the role for them too. But if I mean, if you lose one or two of those guys, then you're screwed. But but okay, but like I and I and I get that, Justin, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe these Noah Polo Gates, who was a top 150 recruit, and the Henry Grays and the. Uh, you know the the guys that we're looking at were top two fifty recruits. I mean, maybe maybe they don't play, pan out, but like, why not? At, why at, can't at they? some point, these high recruits have to start panning out, though. Like, You're right. They yeah. pan out for they pan out for every other team. At some point, they have to start panning out. You're right. Or or or, or we need to look into replacing coaches. You're right. Or, and, All I'm saying ahead. is, dude, I, I'm not like holding out for hope that one of these uh, true freshmen are is going to come in and be the savior. I, I think it means a lot more when fair. you have an established starter and you take him out of the mix 
I don't think it's as easy as plug and play where this high rated guy is going to come in and do equally as good as like Ben Stilley or Jojo Doman, whatever. And that's unless his name is DiCaprio Boodle. Exactly. and, and, And that's fair. But I will tell you this. What are we asking of this defense? That That's the question you have to ask yourself. We are not asking this to be a top 20 defense. I'm not sitting here on this podcast saying next year we're going to have a top 20 defense. What I'm saying is, is it possible that this defense could maybe get in the top 50? 55th, 60th ranked defense. Is that is that on the table? And if you're telling me that we could play a secondary Let's just say worst case scenario, we get two or three injuries. And that secondary is full of top 300 recruits. Even though they're young, could they be serviceable? Yeah, they're going to get burned. They're going to misread a coverage. But could they be a top 70 defense? Like, that's what you're asking at this point. And I don't think that's unreasonable to ask of this defense. Coaching's a big okay, part okay. of it. Again, yeah, a top 70 defense. That's what I'm looking for. That's what yeah. we were last year. And that's what I'm looking for. And, and I think I think if you can get the depth, I think you can get maybe next year the defense takes a huge step forward with some of these young guys getting some experience. I but I can't see them taking a big step forward with having never played much football in college. And I'm not saying a big step forward. I'm not saying I again. I'm not sitting here going from that. 70 to 55th or 50th is a. I mean that's a pretty sizable step forward. That's a, that's like a. It's like a step. fifteen yards, <laughs> fifteen I mean, yards that, a game. <laughs> I mean, that, that that is basically saying, hey, it's, every qu- it's other, quite every, a bit. I mean, there's a lot of teams other, there. Every other game, we're going to allow one less touchdown. I mean, I again, I think this defense could do that. And again, I, I think inside backer worries me. I, I will say that because we're playing. I, in my opinion, we're going to play two seniors, and after that, it's either it's going to be a redshirt freshman and. Or, or true freshman, and, and that that concerns me. There, I think that's important, but I think I think we'll be okay on this defense. I will say, with Alex Davis gone and DiCaprio Boodle now on my out of my two deep, we probably have a chance to improve. We have a chance that we could improve. I, I, I can't. I I am so excited that for DiCaprio Boodle to po- prove you wrong. I hope, I hope he does. I, hope he I does. don't see it happening, but I hope he does. I I will eat crow. For three days straight, if he can prove me wrong. But over under one interception for him this year. Over. He I'm gets his under. first interception. I'm going under. I don't think he does. Well, I don't have him playing. So I, I think the law of averages has to come but... into play. I mean, if you play that many games, I think you have to. Not yeah. necessarily. I, I think you could hand the ball off to the guy and he'd still drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Derek's on fire tonight. Not a DiCaprio Boodle fan, I see. Okay, let's next segment. Uh, all right, hey, which red shirt freshman? I'm sorry, which true freshman do you see burning a red, or do you see burning a red shirt this year? God, I mean, you know, obviously, I have Butler in my two deep. I think he'll burn his red shirt. Um, I think uh, Francois will burn his red shirt. Red shirt. And <laughs> so you can't say short around Derek. Now he's got the damn giggles. <laughs> All right, we're not going to be able to go to Derek for about five minutes because he's going to be giggling about you said red short. <laughs> that was pretty good. You might want to get that checked if it's red, though. 
<laughs> All right, great. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stop there the and I'll circle back around. All right, you want you want my guys? I'll tell you my guys. I, I can I can control myself here. I, I have a lot of guys burning a red shirt here. I have Nash Hutmucker. I have Blaze Gunnerson, I have Jaden Francois, I have Henry Gray, and Keyshawn Green, all burning red shirts. I think this was a great recruiting class defensively, and I think they're going to need these young guys to come in and step up. Do you, you think that's actually feasible, though? I mean, do you? I, I think it's going to have to be. I, I don't. I don't know that I have a lot of faith in any of these other guys that we have on this roster for these guys not to have to maybe come in and burn a red shirt. I saw two guys... I see two guys with the potential of burning a red shirt, and that's Blaze Gunnerson. He's an early enrollee coming in. Uh, this is an outside linebacker group that we just talked about that isn't very deep with experience. You know, anybody can probably make a name for themselves, and that's just a position that you can kind of see uh, them going to a uh, younger guy to get some experience. The other one is Henry Gray for the exact same reason. We don't have a lot of depth there at safety. Outside of Deontay Williams and Markel Dismook, I moved DiCaprio Boodle over. Then you got Miles Farmer and uh, Noah Pola Gates. I think there's opportunity there for Henry Gray to come in and get some playing time. I'm not saying that he's going to be a starter or second string, but you know, there's, there's going to be some moments where he can get some game action in there. Tyler, anything else to add now that you're red-sharded? Out. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in two guys that didn't have my two gre- deep um, Henry Gray and Keyshawn Green. They they their roles may be mostly special teams, but I I just think those two guys are too talented not to put on the field. Um, I I, I do I think those two guys will definitely see some playing time. But one last note before we move off this this last recruiting cycle we brought in a couple guys or I think three guys, or multiple JUCOs. And it seemed like most of us had left those JUCOs out of our 2D. So my I, question, I think, I th- I think it's right. history. We've been burned by JUCOs so many years in a row, and so now it's hard to expect a lot out of JUCOs. I will say that I have Ativa Mauga Clements in there, and he's about the only one I see making a difference right now. Until then, I want to see some proof, and and even with him, I want to see some proof. But yeah, but, but, but I've seen enough you, of his film that I feel he could do more. So my question to you is that we brought in—I'm doing this off the top of my head because I didn't write this down. We brought in, I think, four JUCOs on defense, and so the fact that we only all of us only have one of those four making our two deep. I had two. And the same one. I had two. Who is your other one? I had Kim uh, Green. And then I had... Oh, that was two years ago. That was two years ago. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but You're you had Jordan this Riley, this didn't you, Tyler? No, I didn't. I had Ty Robinson playing nose tackle, but I thought he was a shot. He was the only guy. But my question is, do you guys worry that... man? Justin maybe had Nico went... Cooper. Huh? Justin had Nico oh, he had Cooper. Co- he had Cooper. Yeah. He had Cooper, yeah. But my question is, are you worried that we brought in a couple too many uh, JUCOs that we don't actually see contributing? possible i mean i I'm not, I'm not a fan of the juco route not right now like the last juco i can remember coming in be, making a difference was randy gregory and that's been a lot of years yeah i i, I do worry about some scholarships wasted with that because i mean particularly at defensive line where um 
you know, that, that, that was a plethora of those guys. If they're not going to make the two deep this year, I mean, there's not a lot of room for them getting in too deep next year. So you're talking guys like Fedorius Payne, Jordan Riley, uh, Kim Green was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, th- those two guys come to mind. Nico Cooper's another one. I think Nico, he could make the two deep. Wouldn't shock me. But it's not like Payne and, Ry- and Riley have a lot of playing time left. And, and listen, this could totally change after the spring game. I, I might have all the JUCOs playing after the spring game. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, but but right now I, I'm going off of past history, and just I'm going to assume they're busts until I see better. Right. It's February 17th. We haven't seen a lot of these guys that we've talked about, even in our two deep. We haven't seen them play any meaningful action. We're going to hear a lot more about these guys in the spring when spring practice starts up. And then once we see these guys in live action in a spring game, we're, we're going to revisit this uh, uh, this depth chart. And then we'll offer who we think will actually be in the two deep. Right now, you know, we're this is, this is our hope. This is who we want to see. You know, Derek, right now with his hatred for uh, DiCaprio Boodle, after the spring game, he may see some improvement. He's like, okay, yep, yeah, I guess that guy is going to start. And then he'll be forced to put them in a starter lineup. <laughs> but, hey, and that's a possibility. It's a possibility, but... yeah, once we see a lot of these guys. But, I mean, my God, if you go through this too deep, we haven't seen most of these guys play any meaningful snaps. So it's it's going to be interesting. Very well, interesting. even after the spring game, that's all going to be hype because sure. I mean, I mean, it's not meaningful snaps. It's a spring game. No, you, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's film <laughs> that we True. get to see. Absolutely. So, all right, a lot more to get to there. Uh, let's take a quick break to hear from another great podcast from the Big Heads Media Network. Hey there, are you a college football fan? Well, I'm Andre Cherry, and on my show, The Cherry Picking Podcast, I dive deep into the world of college football during each week of the season. For the past nine seasons, fans have come to my site, cherrypickingsports.com, to hear my college football analysis and game-winning predictions for each week of the season. The Cherry Picking Podcast is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network and can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure you click the subscribe button today. All right, guys, it is almost time to get out of here. But first, it is time for last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to the NBA All-Star game. So I, I full disclosure, going into that game, I thought this was one of the stupidest rules I've ever seen. I, I didn't understand them. It didn't make sense to me. And, and after watching that game, the rules are still stupid. They make no sense. But it's just like college football overtime, just like the NBA or MLB All-Star game, doesn't make sense, but it's great TV. That thing was so much fun to watch down the stretch. This was probably the best All-Star game I have ever seen in my life. It was amazing. Uh, I, I, I look for more stupid rules and that lead to entertaining games. Derek, shots on the All-Star game. I chose to watch Dr. Sleep last night over the All-Star game because they don't play defense and it's usually garbage anyway. So I don't I didn't watch it. I watched it. Uh, I will say that it was hard for me to follow based off of their, the rules where their score resets first, second, third quarter. I was like, who the hell is winning? You got to stick around to the fourth quarter to find out who was winning. 
Uh, but you know, I mean, for basketball, it was good basketball. I mean, it was fun. It's it's all the big names that you want to see play. And I thought I thought that they played a little bit better defense than what they normally do. Tyler, did you think that the same? Down the stretch, hell yes. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and not just on the stretch of the game. I think at the end of each quarter. I think especially that third quarter when it was a pretty close game when there was a hundred grand on the line for charities. I think they showed up. I mean, yeah. I, again, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a, it was a, it, entertaining to me. It was probably the closest thing to a game with the big names that we've ever seen. All the All Star games where they're scoring, you know, one hundred ninety points. Uh, it was good. Derek, go ahead. The best thing that came out of that game to me was the post-game uh, presser with Giannis Antetokounmpo when they talked about offensive strategy, and his strategy was get the ball to whoever Harden's covering. <laughs> I did not hear that, but that is funny right there. That is funny. No defense playing mofo. All right, Derek, last call to you. All right, I'm going to stick it with baseball because the Astros are back in the news again, and Rob Manfred is coming out and saying that there could be punishments if anybody throws a ball at a Astros batter because he didn't have enough guts to, I don't know, discipline any of these people. It is what it is. It's still being overblown. you got Little Leagues in California banning the Astros' name for next year, and I— that's absurd to me, but Rob Manfred, you should have done something with these kids, these guys, and you didn't. And so these pitchers are going to take matters in their own hands, whether you like it or not. This is all I have to say about the Astros, those cheating assholes right there. I think every major league baseball team in spring training should forfeit every game against the Astros. Don't let those dudes play one single game in spring training. Just... Forfeit the rest of the games. You got the Astros lined up? Take the day off. Your guys deserve it. Don't play them. Tyler. That would be funny. That would be really funny. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know what to make of the whole, you know, throwing at batters, whatever. I think safety matters. Guys, this Astro thing's a bad deal. It's a bad look for all of sports and the lack of discipline of these players is really embarrassing um yeah i th- i i i don't know if i agree with the overreaction i think this is this is a bad look for baseball and i guess that's all i have to say about that it was just an unfinished tattoo on the collarbone that's why altuve didn't take off his jersey he didn't want it because it's bad looking tattoo that's what that's what was going through his mind right there. Not a buzzer on the shoulder. There's a bad tattoo. Come on. Who's hey, buying that story? That was better than the original excuse of his wife was getting oh, yeah. pissed about her people tearing his jersey it, off. My wife gets jealous. Yeah. My wife gets jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's scared he'll leave him for another guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to hell with that guy. Oh. That dude, he's a loser. Leaving for leaving for another guy seems like he should go to the Cubs. What? That doesn't make sense. That was the dumbest joke. Yeah, you suck, Tyler. Just keep laughing at my DiCaprio Boodle jokes. You're better off. All right, last call to me. My last call, I'm going to stick with baseball, and that's going to go to Nebraska baseball. Uh, 
Nebraska was in Waco at Baylor Ballpark for a three-game series this weekend. I was fortunate enough to see two of the games. I saw the uh, Friday night ass-whooping where Nebraska scored, what, 11 in the first inning and went through the lineup like 17 batters deep in there. I mean, what a freaking inning. That was the best inning of baseball I've ever seen in my life. It was cold in the stadium, so I had to uh, take my happy ass home quick because it was cold. <laughs> but, uh, Nebraska lost the series 2-1, uh, to one, but you know what? I'm impressed by the Will Bolt era. They're getting some offense out of this team. We didn't see it yest- uh, yesterday. Lost 7-2, to two, but uh, you know what? I'm, I'm pleased with what I'm seeing out of this Nebraska baseball game. Tyler, I'm going to go to you. I know you hate college baseball, and you probably don't even know that they play it. But I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Nebraska baseball? You know, I, I hope for the best. Um, I really do. I, I, college baseball is not my favorite sport. But there's a lot of talk, mainly from you, Justin, that this might be the best sport Nebraska has for men's athletics. And and didn't Baylor have like 14 suspended players for this series? No. We went over this last yeah, last week. They have fourteen suspended players suspended players over the next three weeks. So how many did not play this game? I don't know how many didn't play in this series, but it wasn't so, fourteen. Okay, there was multiple players suspended for this series, and they won. And what I could tell, not watching the games, but reading the set line, is our pitching and our defense probably is not great yet. So I don't know. I hope for the best, guys. I, I'm not trying to sh- shit on anyone's tacos or anything I'm, I'm just i'm trying to enjoy the the game the games in the season i hope for the best but i just we need i need to see some victories before i'm ready to say this is the best that men's athletics have to offer at nebraska derek i think everybody would appreciate you keep your red shirts out of our tacos yeah <laughs> <laughs> Nice callback, man. Nice callback. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, uh, that, that first inning that we played with 17 batters, 11 runs, there was nine batters. And we went through the batting order with zero outs. Now, Baylor helped us out a little bit with a couple errors and yeah, some walks. Sure did. Uh, but, but, but it is what it is. I, it's, it, it, all nine batters scored. Uh, it, it, was, it was one of the most amazing offensive uh, innings I've ever seen out of a team. Uh, they, they struggled at, at other times. Uh, they had another really good inning in that game where I think they scored another six runs. Uh, the next game, really you take away a grand slam out of from, uh, uh, oh, I'm forgetting, Polinsky, yeah. Aaron Polinsky. You take away that grand slam, and that, that game's probably not as close as it was. But they went tied six to six or seven, no seven to seven. Uh, lost it, no, lost it in uh, extra innings. It was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. And ESPN Plus paid off this weekend for me because I got to watch all three Nebraska games. Sunday's game was a bit of a bore. But Tyler, you're right, I, especially with pitching. We need to get some pitching because. They struggled a lot at times throughout this series. I agree. Yeah, they need to get the pitching fixed, but I think I think they'll get that uh, fixed. Uh, Unfortunately, the schedule does not get any easier going to San Diego, playing in the Tony Gwynn uh, tournament this weekend. Is that game? Tele- are those games televised, Derek? I don't know if they are or not. I know we play San Diego, San Diego State, 
and another team. And then the weekend following that, we play Arizona State, who is a top 10 team. So yeah. things aren't getting easier for this team. I will say if ESPN Plus continues to uh, play some Nebraska games, I guess I will be getting ESPN I don't, Plus. I don't think they will. Most of those were because they were our Big 12 games. That's kind of what I suspected. So. I don't know. We will see. We'll keep an eye on that. But uh, I love me some uh, Nebraska baseball. A lot of fun there. Uh, All right, guys. Good show. Let's get out of here. Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.